0: West of Twin Peaks Radio back again. The dog days of summer are here. So what better way to spend the next two hours than listening to four local artists whose summer releases shined brightly through the fog. This is West of Twin Peaks Radio with MJ Call on BFF.FM San Francisco. As young Hello, hello, hello. MJ back again in San Francisco, sort of. I'm off on my annual summer sojourn to the Southwest. But before I left, I assembled four recent guest artist segments, highlighting four of the best albums of the summer, if not the whole year. Today, you'll hear from Maya Elise in The Good Dream, Zelma Stone, Marika Christine, and we'll start with Oakland's Madeline Kenny. Her new LP, A New Reality Mind, is a critical darling, not just in the Bay, but way beyond. Amid all the well-deserved hype, it's easy to forget that the record is an exploration of the aftermath of a surprise and extremely unmooring breakup Madeline experienced during those already awful pandemic times. A revealing conversation about that and much more is coming up, but let's first hear the opening track off the album, This is plain boring disaster. Hi! Thanks for having me. A new reality, mind. It seems like your Alice in Wonderland moment.
1: <laughs> um, I I love that uh, opinion of it. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I are you? You mean uh, the title itself, or
0: no? Just the whole album. It's 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 dreamy. It's contemplative. It's disassociated at times, but then it comes back to clarity. And I think you say it like in in reality. Mind, I woke up from such a strange dream, but it carries on.
1: Yeah, I feel like that. Yeah, that song that you just quoted, um, it carries on. I feel like that is kind of a theme for me in my life right now. Sort of. Um, yeah, it's, I've just been thinking a lot about like the storylines that we construct and um and kind of like okay i'm living this story that i wrote and all this these plans and decisions that i made and um and something comes along to disrupt it or completely up uh up-turn it and um i feel like that's a moment where you're like okay what you know it's gonna keep going on around you so do you keep going with that same story that you wrote or are you going to craft a new one or do you just accept that it's all chaos you know
0: We're probably, correct me if I'm wrong, r- writing some of this at the time of the pandemic, but the pandemic doesn't have to be the description of what can disorient a person.
1: And I did start some of those songs during the pandemic, um, but a lot of times they were just like half-finished and I didn't know like where to take them at, at all. Um, and so they just kind of existed on my like half-finished songs and they didn't have choruses and they um yeah they were just i i didn't have a lot of motivation to finish i i don't know why i just um i think like the lead times on records being so long and knowing that like touring was going to be hard and um if not impossible it it just like didn't motivate me to finish anything and then you know all of a sudden you know early last fall my label was like oh the lead times just got shorter and I was like oh well maybe I can finish something and then I you know got broken up with very suddenly um and then uh and I was kind of well yeah I just sort of lost my mind um and then um I it was weird I like Sort of remembered after that happened. I sort of remembered that I used to like put out a record a year and like make a lot of stuff. And um, and I had just like really since the pandemic like been on pause. You know, I put out a couple things here and there, but no, I don't know. I just wasn't writing as prolifically as I I think I had grown accustomed to. Um, and um. Yeah, and so then all of a sudden, I mean, I really like I wrote two more songs, and then I finished the rest of the songs, and like, yeah, finished all the tracking in the matter of a couple weeks, um, and just was like, I, I don't know, it was just so weird. It was it was like this horrible thing that happened made me like want to go back to the person that I was before. <laughs> when will I be?
2: the same again. When will I be the same again to be?
0: go back so there's got to be something forward and that's the new reality
1: right and and I think that a new reality mind is is just like okay you know I um I have to adapt and um, there there is no choice you have to like either ex- accept it or um I don't know live in intense regret but I um which I, I feel like I have a healthy dose of both right now, but um, yeah, I feel like finishing the record was like—I I don't think it's as simple as like closing the book or on a certain chapter, you know? Like, um, yeah, finishing—I don't—I don't think it was like, well, now that I'm done with this record, I am my heart isn't broken anymore, so I'm good to go. I can do the next thing, you know. I've um, I feel uh, that it's just part of the grieving process. Like, I feel like in order to understand what I was going through, I had to finish making this thing and have it be done and out in the world so that I could (laughs) keep going.
0: you exploring some new sonics that are tremendous I, I get tastes of, of Toro Ima's Mahal in there which I know you've worked with Chaz before it, you know in your past and mm-hmm. and the horns with Jeff Kolhidi adds you know and on two tracks adds another dimension and I just think the sonics have taken a, a really nice leap I feel like I
1: needed to, in order to keep making music, I really needed to do things that were interesting to me, you know. And I, or, or at least a challenge, you know. I, I feel like my favorite artists are people that when I listen to their records or um, see them live, like I'm thinking of, you know, uh, to finish the thought, it's it's people that like leave me asking you know and um, whether that's like lyrically like oh they you know said something that makes me think and wonder and or most often sonically like how did they make that sound or why why are they using that tool or um, you know a couple months I I think it was like I was like fresh 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 out of the breakup um, and I went to go see um, Jenny Haval at the Starline um, and, you know, she's such an inspiration, I think, for, I feel like her writing is really interesting, um, and musically, I feel like she keeps making things that are, she's just, you can see her growth, and I really like that. And then, I you know, another person that I saw, also at Starline, was, um, Caitlin Aurelia-Smith. And I, I was just obsessed with her new record. And at times it's like, I would say there are moments that are unpleasant, but that is like cool to me. You know, I, it left me feeling like, wow, I don't know everything. There's, I will never know everything. They're are exploring arenas that I haven't even um, known what they look like, let alone known to explore them, you know, and, and I feel like speaking some of that and what I'm able to create is, is essential to the like perpetuating making of things you know
0: did did i see somewhere like on your instagram a while back that you recorded one of these in your basement
1: Oh, I recorded all of them in my basement. Um, I moved into this house um, in like uh, 20, August of 2019. So the basement was just a dirt room. It didn't have anything in it. Um, and my ex and I uh, built it out into a little studio. So that's where I've been doing all of my work. It's really nice to have a place where I can record music just in my home. I, I think that a lot of people during the pandemic call this, but it's like there was no um, sensory input coming in, you know, and why so it was really hard to just like force yourself to make something. And I think that like processing my breakup, you know, I, I was like, the last thing I want to do is make music. I stayed in this home um, after the breakup and my ex left, you know, so it's like, I'm in this place that we moved into together That we like built for our life for our story like i was saying um and now i'm like living a new story that's like separate than what i had intended this place to be and so it was pretty odd and difficult um and i I think in the end transformative and positive i think um to come into this room that like you know um it used like, to mean something different, yeah.
0: Do you feel like you hit a new level of maturity? Well, well I I'm hope saying, so. With, if, I, if, if I
1: haven't, then I'll be very disappointed that I went through all this. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I hope so. I hope it's a lesson. I mean, I, I think it's a mixture of, I hope I've become more mature. I, I am... Sad for the part of myself that um, feels like my trust is completely broken and has completely left my body um, I feel like I trust no one and nothing and and I think that can be very sad but it also um, I've always been self-reliant but it, I, I do, do feel uh, like I've really doubled down on that front um, And so, you know, when it comes to making a record, you know, without a producer for the first time, I mean, I made singles and EPs without a producer, but um, producing everything and recording everything myself, um, it was very much like, okay, this is me alone doing this, you know.
0: Even though you think you've built a shell, you've opened yourself up with your with your album and your tour. You know you've busted out. Well, of yeah. that shell.
1: <laughs> That's sweet. I, I mean, I think it's very dualist in nature. You know, I think it's. I I feel very insular, alone, perhaps. Um, uh, very much like I, I, yeah, I'm doing things on my own. Um, but at the same time, you know, I was, I've been listening to a lot of um, the Duncan Trussell Family Hour. This podcast with this comedian who's also interested in like, you know, spirituality and meditation and mindfulness. And um, and he was talking to a fellow comedian, and they're both, you know, the thing that makes the podcast interesting is that he's pretty kind of catty, maybe a little. I think a recovering cynic, you know, um, and which makes it really relatable. As, as you know, my, for myself, I've never really been interested in spirituality. Anyway, he's having this conversation with this other comedian, and they're kind of just like, oh, I hate people. You know, people are the worst. But then Duncan Trussell said, you know, he's like, well, you you have to, in, deep down, you must love people because you get up in front of them every." Night and you, you're not wanting to make them laugh because you like want to. I don't know. It's like some sort of stick game and you are counting, gathering laughter like I don't know. Like it's the monsters Inc. But um, but you you're there there because you want to relate to people and because you love people and and I I really I was like oh God that's me you know I, I may feel very alone and isolated and um like I'm doing things on my own. But those, but those are really moments, I think, for connection. You know, it's nice to think something and know, like, I'm not the only person that's felt this.
0: Performed any of these songs live yet? In front of a um a few audience. of them, yeah, I think, um, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, we played a couple. I played at the chapel a couple months ago and went on a little tour opening for this band Valley. Club, and um, I played some of them. Yeah, uh, some of them are really hard to play without like. A full band or without backing tracks or something so I've been sort of doing piano versions of them just to (laughs) test them out and stuff Um, but yeah there's a couple that are like I'm excited to I'm just excited to sing them live I like singing I like singing and I'm excited to I'm proud of some of the writing Um, a few of the lines I'm like oh, I'm excited to like sing that in front of people I feel like as I get older I'm realizing how many communication skills and like the toolbox I learned as a kid um, and my tools are pretty rusty and dull you know Um, and kind of like oh you know actually those patterns of communication don't um, work serve me or serve the people that I'm with Um, uh, and I feel like we can all really relate to that sort of you know um, and I echo it in another song on the album too um, when in the song called expectations and I said uh, uh, don't laugh if I need some kind of consolation I think I learned about communication the wrong way we're still trying to all figure it out, you know, I don't, I don't want anyone to think I've figured anything out.
0: <laughs> well, well, that's, that's what I was going to say. You said your tools were rusty. And, and I think what we've all learned in the past couple of years is the old tools sometimes don't work at all. And you have to find new tools that were just, that were just developed to help us through mm-hmm. these unanticipated times. You know, it's not that your tools were rusty, it's that we didn't have the right tools. <laughs>
1: totally, totally. Yeah, and I think, you know, um, I think therapy has helped. I think, um, like you're saying, I think um, just having vocabulary to talk about certain things that I don't think that our parents like had the vocabulary to talk about. fortunate that like we're in a time when uh uh, people care about mental health and people care about um effective communication and um i think everybody everything feels really fraught but i do i do like to believe that people are
0: trying you know oh definitely so speaking of which tell me about this tour that's coming up yeah you know i um it
1: should come as a shock to no one that music doesn't really make you any money um so i have a job um and i i can't really be gone for these long tours anymore you know it's not i can't be doing these shows that pay me uh nothing at the after all my expenses and paying my band and everything so anyway so i'm i kind of i Talked to my booking agent and I was like you know let's just do an east coast and a west coast tour let's keep them short let's play the places that I know I have to play in a couple of places I know I just really want to play you know I'm I have to do things like um Philly and New York and DC and stuff but I want to do Durham because I used to live there and um love it there miss it there um you know uh play in a couple of California shows and um, on the west coast I'll be able to take most of the band and then on the east coast will be a three-piece. I'm I'm excited. I mean, I, I'm i really lucky in that the people that play with me are really excited about the songs and so it's um, it feels fun.
0: To kind of close this out, do you think kind of getting on the road and getting out of the house might help you? <laughs> Move, you know, Question, right? move a little forward and change your reality mind a little differently when you get leave the house and get in front of audiences who are going to adore your music? Oh, that's so sweet.
1: I mean, I think it definitely will help. You know, I, I was, for a while there, I was touring so much um, and I was gone for most of the year and it was, I, I love it. I, I love tour. Um, I love playing with, with friends, I love playing in front of people every night and I think it's a huge part of how I feel myself, you know, how I like feel like I'm a real human being. Um, I think, I feel like my therapist was like, you know, what's your, when when do you feel the most yourself? And I, I feel like I can honestly say like when I'm on stage, I feel very comfortable in myself. And so I think not having my dose of that has really affected me. So I'm excited for that um yeah and it's it's one of those things too it's like they say you know you i just feel like i hear a lot of people say like i never want to leave the house or like i never feel like going to the thing going to the party that i'm invited to or the show or whatever i never feel like it and then when i'm there i'm so glad i did you know and i feel like that's kind of with this tour too i'm like oh god to buy plane tickets and oh god i have to like find places to stay it's gonna be horrible and then i know that when i'm there i'm gonna be over the moon it's it's a
3: absolute
1: gift and i really the most important thing to me is that i don't take it for granted it's like i'm very lucky to get to do it at all
0: well good well, luck and yeah uh, yeah hopefully we'll see you out in the audience
1: Okay. Thank you so, so much. I'll talk to you later. Take care. Take take care, Madeline. Bye. Bye.
0: So much again to Madeline for her time, her honesty, and her music. You can find her album, A New Reality Mind, on all the streaming platforms, but support local artists and buy it now. Madeline has finished the West Coast portion of her tour and will head to the East Coast in September for shows in Chicago, Philly, Brooklyn, D.C., and her beloved Durham. This is MJ and you're listening to a best of West of Twin Peaks Radio, this week featuring four local artists whose new LPs have been on repeat all this summer here on the show. Another Oakland-based artist whose summer release record has been a favorite of critics and fans alike is Maya Elise, who, backed by her band The Good Dream, released Everything We Watered, an album that blossoms from Maya's folk roots into something much more lyrically and sonically expansive. Coming up, we have a very thoughtful and lovely conversation, but first, let's hear a stunningly harmonious song off the album. This is Better Bird. Long arm
2: and I'm cut back, let me down a revolutionary path, pour over in the morning, I'm coming home. Hard to hit it right on the head, but I'm a late bloomer in a king's size bed, digging my heels. Softer ground this time. My mouth.
4: Name
2: myself into a prime example. Came across a little bit more than I wanted. And I'm playing all my second chances. laid on my sweet advances. I'm a better bird.
0: Maya, how are you? Good, how are you? Awesome. It's so great to see you again. You too. You know, the last time we spoke like this was like August of 2021, Mm -hmm. and you had just released uh, Songs for the Breakdown.
2: Yes. And I have
0: to say, your sound and your band has evolved and grown so much. It seems like that's the theme of the album. Yeah.
4: Yeah, it is totally it's it's like a different. I mean, it's still, it still still feels like me, but it's a different sound and um definitely like a lot more exploration in the album that was really exciting for us to do.
0: Tell me about the evolution of it. I mean, what what's the what's the story behind the evolution of the sound?
4: I mean, it's a great question. I think that um there's a couple key things that feel like our are, are, are key contributors to to a new sound. And um the first one is I had my bandmate uh Allen produce it. And he um what he does outside of this band is he's an electronic music producer. Um so I said, okay, I don't want an electronic album, but I want to bring in some like some of those like pop elements. Um and also to just like explore what's possible, right? Um, there's kind of like a weird, maybe it's a self-inflicted pressure to kind of define yourself as like, I'm a folk artist or I'm a Americana artist or I'm a country artist, whatever, or I'm a pop artist. And to me, like I I wanted to let go of that and I wanted to make whatever I wanted um, and also to let my bandmates kind of like put their spin on it, especially McGilvery in this case. Um, you know, he would say, "You know, can you give me?" He would say to our engineer, "Can you give me the stems for this one song? I want to play around." And would send us back something. And sometimes we'd be like, "Yeah, that's great." And sometimes we would be like, eh, "That's a little like too pop," you know. And he, you know, he would be like, "Great, cool. Let me try something else." And so it was fun to kind of like um, to move in and out of genres in that way. Tell all of your neighbors.
2: There's a
0: you really come out of the gate with a bang I think with Yard Sale setting up the whole album because it's so it's dreamy and it turns experimental and then it winds its way almost back to a folky beginning you know it's almost like a beatles esque progression through a song
4: actually it's funny that you mentioned Beatles because that is totally the reference um like Abbey Road starts with uh come together you know there's that like drum kit part of the right and it's kind of this like this thing that starts kind of low in his building and and we really um, were inspired by that.
0: Reference to self discovery and self acceptance. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you were going through a personal phase that you were, a haircut came in there as well? Totally. Was, it, was there something going on there personally that you were working through? It's almost like you were a cocoon and then you burst into something else.
4: Absolutely. I mean, this is maybe related and unrelated, but I have changed my hair about six times during, you know, since uh, 2021. <laughs> um, it's been blonde and pink and shaved, and um, now it's in that like funny little growing out stage. And um, I think that for me and and for many musicians, the past couple years have really like tested um, both our commitment to music um, but also like our relationship to music and it's kind of like allowed us to explore our relationship to music. I've been exploring how music supports me um, and also how I am supporting my music as well um, and that's been kind of an interesting dance of like it can't just be that my music supports me I have to like support it right? Um, And when I wasn't performing out there in 2020 and 2021, um, it really did make me question, like, well, who am I? If I made this big decision to, like, go full in, you know, all in with music, um, who am I now that that's not possible, right? Um, And I also think there are other, like, personal things going on, like, in my relationship and um, in my home community, and I experienced a lot of loss um, and I like to think of like side A um, as a more, as, a, as an exploration of like who I am and kind of like a reaching and, and questioning and like a yearning and then side B uh, is more of a letting go. Side B starts with uh, what I'm used to um, and, and a letting go that has a lot of grief and also a lot of acceptance um, of like this is who I am in this moment and that's enough. First time- could write it all second goddamn
2: somewhere in the pastel city someone isn't falling apart
4: I mean, I've been having so many conversations with fellow musicians who are really tired, um, I would be honest, and and myself too. Like, um, it's, it's maybe the hardest, not the hardest, but it is a really hard path to be on, you know, um, and if I'm gonna be really candid, which I would love to be, because <laughs> um, to me, that's the only way, like, I often think about Um, does this need to be everything for me right and as soon as I say no it doesn't need to be everything I find myself enjoying it way more I find myself like loving it and wanting to practice and get better at guitar and write more songs when it's not about um needing to quote unquote make it or be successful like you know I don't. I don't know many musicians in the Bay Area, especially, that don't have another job, you know. And I think there's some like, there's some shame that can come with, with that of like, oh, music couldn't be everything for me. Um, but if if we could like collectively let go that it has to be everything, um, I think that that's been like a really liberating thing for me, um, and all of a sudden I have like renewed energy around. Playing shows and around writing and playing with people, and I want to meet more musicians. And um, I've stopped feeling so, you know, I've stopped having like competitive feelings about like, well, this person's doing so well. Should I be doing that well? Like, when you can let go of it needing to be like your everything. one of the biggest pressures or like i think things that can hurt you in the studio is feeling like you need to make um make an album that is strategic that like will do well right um and i've i've like been in that space many times you know i'm like what do people want to be hearing in 2023 and how do i make that and like over and over again i'm i'm learning the lesson and remembering that like no i need to make whatever is the most like joyful and like present for me um and that is going to be the thing that um people want to hear essentially
0: Between the last time we taught Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and this album, you just, speaking of Better Birds, you just spread your wings and went touring all over the United States and Europe. Yeah. How was that experience?
4: It was amazing. Um, We went in 2022. We went on, like, three major tours. We did a Northwest, a Southwest, and then in the summer, we did, like, a big kind of circle um, through the East Coast, Midwest, and Southeast. And that tour especially was kind of mind-blowing because everywhere we played, we were playing for the first time. And um, and the Southwest, too. And it, I think it really helped me with, uh, like, shedding imposter syndrome. You know, going places and, and really owning, like, I'm a musician and I'm on tour and like, I've never met you before, but I think you're going to like this show, you know, and kind of like, um, owning the role a little bit more. And, you know, we met so many musicians. That was my favorite part, um, was to to meet other musicians, the people we played with. Then in Europe, that was a whole other experience because nobody knew who we were. Um, you know, maybe there's an expectation in New York that your friends are gonna show up, you know, they're gonna get yeah. on um they're gonna get on the metro and and come to your show in Brooklyn. Um, which they did, thank you. <laughs> and but in you know, in Bern, Switzerland, I was like, who is going to come to this show? Nobody knows who we are. And I think the way that music is and also just like nightlife culture is different there people showed up um, because people it's not, I think it's less part of the culture to like hang out in people's homes at night. You know, the culture is to go out and to like, enjoy the city. Um, And it was really sweet. Our very first show, we flew into Milan and we drove like two and a half hours to this teeny little town in Northern Italy. And we pulled up and it's like a two block town and we walk into the bar that we were playing and there's just nobody, you know, nobody's there yet. But I see on each table like a sign that said reserved. And I was like, oh, my gosh, are all these tables reserved? He said, oh, yeah, the whole place is reserved. And just because people wanted to come see music, you know, Um, and so it was our very first show and there were about, I don't know, 60 people in this tiny little bar. It was really awesome. And. Totally heartwarming and also kind of crazy. Every little thing in my life,
2: tearing me up inside.
0: How how do you feel you grew as a musician from your tour experience?
4: Um, I think there's a lot to be said about playing to the room and sometimes what the room needs isn't the way the song sounds The, the isn't the way the song sounded the night before um, last year we had a really um, intense and beautiful experience on our stop in Colorado Springs where the community we were playing for had unexpectedly lost someone that day um, and because I knew these people personally I offered like you know, we don't need to do a show, but if you want some music for your community, we can do that. And I I feel like that was a place where I could figure out, or I had to figure out how do these songs that we know, how do they hold a different kind of space, like a grief space um, where we're offering something completely different, right? But with the songs that we know and the same songs and, um, It was such a beautifully connective experience for us as a band, and I also think for the people we were playing for. It's not my job to ask the audience to conform to whatever I want to be doing up there. Um, I feel really strongly about this, actually. It's my job to, like, assess what is needed. Um, And as a performer, to, like, to offer people something that I feel like might meet their need.
0: It takes a certain amount of maturity to be able to read a room.
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't always do it perfectly, but um, it is something that I, I feel like is almost as important as sounding good. Sleeping in the corner of the bed I
2: lost the covers once again My whole left side is blue you're dreaming like it's 92. When falling down was beautiful, and getting up was easy. Before we knew our parents' life, before we ever compromised. So I got up and poured a cup of chamomile tea. You said, Can I have one too? I said, It's all.
0: shout out your band and tell me how yes. how how you put the good dream together they're amazing
4: um, and it's so cool because they've they just like they've been my band for I would say like three to four years now depending on the person and it just is so great to have the same band you know I feel like we just keep getting closer and closer so um, there's David Lips on drums and he also uh, mixed and mastered the album and there is uh, Jordan Lowe on bass and vocals Um, and uh, McGilvery Allen on fiddle and vocals and uh, production Um, and that's kind of like the core group and you know we met we're all friends Um, Jordan and I live together and it just has like a a group that has really naturally gelled and then also on the record um, there's Jackson Vanover who's toured with us before on lead guitar. Um, we also have Derek Supp on keys, on mostly on side A, um, who's just an incredible Bay Area musician who also he also leads this choir uh, in Oakland called the Free Key Choir, yeah. um, which I want to give a shout out to. It's very cool, young um, adult choir, and. Um, Yeah, and then we have a few other guests on the album, but I would say, like, the four of us are really the the main crew.
0: So now that the album's coming out, mm-hmm. what is the what is your you know your business? What is your business plan for you? Business
4: you know, <laughs> so uh, just a few dates in California, and then um, we're doing um, an East Coast run later this summer. Uh, and I have a few more things planned um, in December, November, December. We're going to release it um, on a tape label with a couple extra bonus tracks. Um, and yeah, that's, those are like the major plans right now. Um, and also a couple more tours in the works. Um, and my major plan is to just enjoy being done with the album. Um, and you know, like obviously sending the record out places and, um, getting getting it into more ears and more people, but also ideally celebrating um, that we did it and we accomplished it and and that we're really proud of it
0: well, i I totally adore the album, thank and you. I think it's a great accomplishment and a great evolution for Maya, Elise, and the good dream. so it's it's just fun. thank you.. Appreciate um, it what do you think i should close the our, our segment with our chat with
4: how about algodona students
0: awesome great. thanks maya for taking the time i know you're really busy building up to the show great. so i you know it's great to chat with you again
4: so great to chat with you too mj thank you i didn't think that i could bear the
2: way of myself back down
0: Algodonus Dunes off the album Everything We Watered for Maya Elise and the Good Dream. Thanks again to Maya for such a wonderful conversation and for the music. The album is available now on all the usual platforms, but support her and her band and please buy it at Bandcamp. You can follow news of Maya's shows and whatnot on her Instagram at underscore Maya Elise underscore. This is MJ and you're listening to a Best of West of Twin Peaks Radio featuring four local artists who I spotlighted this summer and whose new albums represent the very best of Bay Area music. The next artist I'm featuring today is Bay Area native Zelma Stone, who has moved down to L.A. and immersed herself in the art and dance scene down there, but whose new EP, called A Dance, is rooted in the Bay Area and some tragic losses she experienced here in her younger years. We chat and dive deep, but let's start with a track off the EP. This is Really There. There's some
2: things I'd still like to know
0: Good to see you too. I love the fact that you call a dance a collection of songs and not an EP. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think that's very intentional. And could you explain the intentionality of that? Um.
3: Well, it. it I think I came into I didn't come into writing it as these are going to be the songs i'm going to release on this ep you know on um but rather it was a collection it really is just a collection of songs that i wrote at different stages it it, it just made sense to do it that way
0: well and it, it seems and it seems like i mean a lot of it is is progression through grief and you know if you were to you know I'm sure you write other songs all the time, but you probably looked at these four and said, this is, this is all coming from the same part of me. And. Yeah.
3: <clears throat> it's interesting because I, I didn't quite put it together that way. I wasn't like, Oh, these are, these all have the same grief feeling or anything. It, it kind of, I think I, when choosing the songs I wanted on this, um, it just, it just made sense um, to choose them because they sounded well together. They, they flew, they flowed nicely together. Um, Maybe I was the most proud of them at the time too. And they resonated with how I was feeling.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, having, you know, followed, following you on Instagram and, and, and whatnot. i like a dance in that. It seems that you've started to embrace dance as part of your, a major part of your, your creative life as well.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm realizing that more and more too. Um, coming into, I mean, I don't know how much I want to say, but I might as well, I mean, I I very much want to um, collaborate with dancers, and I think movement's a really important way to express yourself, and for me, I'm realizing, I mean, I danced a lot in high school, and that's was the peak grief time for me when my brother passed away and everything, and that and songwriting really helped me through things. I'm not the best with my words. I mean, I, I can communicate, but I, I have some learning differences and everything. And so, for some reason, songwriting and movement, dance, I'm able to express myself in a way that maybe I can't quite with um, my words.
2: Where you are.
0: Life is a dance. Mm-hmm. Um, grief is a dance. It, you know it's, it's a fluid movement that you are moving through physically as well as spiritually and emotionally, and it ties kind of everything together.
3: Yeah, I'm glad you said that, because that's exactly how I want to portray this EP. is, And specifically with, like, the the song, A Dance, that was very much, it's very much this ebb and flow of life. And, you know, I imagined an actual dancer, like, a performance where you're watching this dancer move between different their different um, feelings that come up for them and um, that's just how I imagine that song to be in it. it's just I relate it to my life and I'm sure everyone else can relate that to them, their life as well, because it's not always even, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs.
2: So-
0: I'm going to get right into another song um yeah. and 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 this is the it's the second cut on the, the second track off the EP which is be the one mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's my favorite track off of it but I also felt like you were it, it was a song where you were giving yourself permission to move on from your grief
4: mm-hmm. and
0: accept other people into your life where you may not have been so open before because you get hurt when you love someone.
3: Right. Yeah, I would say that's pretty much on it. Um, I wrote that one in a time of very deep sadness, <laughs> um, but also like feeling some insecurities, um, around, you know, my abilities and my, if I chose the right path as a performer, as a songwriter, um, as a career choice, you know, um, and really searching for, um, within myself mostly um, the permission to do that and the permission to really just believe in myself and then as well as from you know close family members and people around me and just wanting just that i want people to, to believe in me but i think it starts from myself really And that's what that song's about.
2: Setting expectations, high go easy. Lower the bar for me. Sing a song. We'll see. I'm here and ready for love. Feel a brand new texture. Give it a name. Let it come. Let me hold my head, will see I am here and ready for love I am here I'm ready for love I am-
0: your songwriting did the move to LA occur because that's also giving yourself permission to move on yeah to, to the next phase of life
3: yeah I mean I wrote these songs before um, these songs I wrote before moving to LA um, but I actually recorded them the, within the first week I moved here um,
2: which kind of felt like,
3: you know, that rite of passage, you know, just very, that made sense as well for me um, to record it as I moved. Um, And moving to L.A. was kind of this, not that you can't take music seriously in in San Francisco, I love San Francisco, absolutely, but... um, for some reason it, it fell I just felt a strong calling to do it. Um, my partner also felt it um, who's also a musician so it it just felt like the right time.
0: yeah you worked with Carly Bond on these yeah uh-huh and she's is she still living up in the Bay Area? No she's here. she she, I would... did, I, she moved a while ago then. Yeah, uh, her and her husband,
3: Rob, um, who mixed it, um, they moved down here uh, maybe a year or two before I did, and uh, we'd visit, and I I always had an idea. I just, I didn't know what L.A. was like, um, but... I knew kind of, but I I didn't know there was so much nature actually around here, and like I really thought LA was just like smoggy and like, you know, full of people. Um,
0: Which it it can be if you're in certain neighborhoods.
3: (laughs) Um, But it's actually really nice, and anyway, so I, we, um, they moved down before. We saw it and definitely a, a bunch of people made the move. A lot of friends made the move down to LA. It's very interesting um, from the Bay. Although the Bay definitely holds a big space. But yeah, Carly and Rob, they opened a studio in Alhambra um, called um, Altamira Studios. And it's beautiful. And I'm so happy that I got to record
4: there.
0: So, and you had known her obviously up up here, and you had known her in San Francisco. So it was almost like recording with an old friend, but you just yeah. happened to both be in a different space.
3: Yeah, um, we recorded. Um, well, her and Rob recorded dream, my song Dreamland um, from the Dreamland EP, and. That was in Oakland, just at their kind of practice space. And then um, we mixed it at Tiny Telephone.
0: Do you think recording, though, with somebody you've known for so long and knew so well made a dance, the collection of songs, not just the song, but made a dance more intimate?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think so, definitely the band that I recorded with, I, you know, I love them very much, and they all contributed a lot, and I could tell they brought a lot of themselves to the songs as well, um, and Carly was very, I, I, there's this thing where I know a lot of artists get, but they get obsessed with their demos. (laughs) And they just, once they've heard their demos so much, it's so hard to break out of that, you know? Um, and Carly was great. She really, she also really loved my demos. She loved how they, you know, sounded. And she really just kind of, like with the recording process, really helped enhance it all and um, it was it was helpful to like do it with people that i know and love because when you when you work with new people especially who don't know your story and everything there's this feeling of you know being rushed or you don't want that and um i felt very comfortable the whole time and as always carly's great love her
0: it's like you almost have the best of both worlds because you have that you know that core group of people who kind of all moved down there around the same time. Uh-huh. Um, so you've got them as f- familiar people, but I'm sure you're also all of you are networking into a whole new, different network and um, and challenging yourselves with expanding your sounds and your ideas.
3: Yeah, that's that's really it. I mean, just not sticking with one genre not sticking with just being really open i mean i've gotten real experimental here with different things i mean <clears throat> i moved down and i was like whoa la like but i could do anything i could be anything down here um i've even written some pop songs you know like what if i what if I became a pop artist or a pop singer, songwriter, you know, or um So I've been really experimenting
0: and it's been great. Well, thanks again for carving out some time for me. I really appreciate yeah.
3: it. All right. Thank you, MJ. I really appreciate you. Take care.
0: Appreciate you too. I mean, you you look fabulous and I think LA suits you. So,
2: thank you. Stick
0: appreciate with it, girl.
2: Thank you. Right.
0: Bye.
2: <laughs> Jenny, won't you come down when it's the right time? I bet you're in the stars when they're round. Or in the daylight, daylight. You're by the whole town. Did you need to be you? Did you want to be free? Do you need me to see? see. I want to see. can see. I want to see.
0: heard be free it's off zelma stone's new ep at dance thanks again to zelma for the time and conversation you can buy the album now on all platforms and you can keep an eye out for zelma stone shows by following her on instagram at zelma stone music she still travels up here to the bay quite often these days for gigs so keep your eyes peeled for her next local show This is MJ, and I have one more local artist to feature here on this Best of West of Twin Peaks radio episode. Marika Christine, who graduated seven years ago from San Francisco's School of the Arts out here in the Twin Peaks neighborhood, is part of an explosive youth movement that's revitalizing San Francisco's music and art scene. This summer, she released her debut solo LP, Soft Like an Apricot. We have a great convo and dive deep into the LB. First, let's hear a track off the album. This is Buckle Up Baby. The
2: sun was shining when I woke up today But I felt like crying cause my life is slipping away The car keeps driving but my soul is far behind
0: much for working me in today on your you know incredibly busy schedule your uh solo debut long play album is coming out you're working you're you're a member of like three different bands you are the quintessential san francisco artist i i feel like this record is about that
5: oh interesting yeah, definitely. Um, it's I've definitely, it's the theme is trying to keep up with everything because I love everything that I'm a part of and it's hard to, it's definitely hard to balance it all. Um, but yeah, I think the record definitely has themes of, you know, uh, uh, processing like anxiety that comes up and stress that comes up from being such a busy bee.
0: opened up with chrysalis and bad butterflies which kind of is a is a theme of emerging and whatnot but i also found the whole album to almost be a coming of age in san francisco and as you said be being a busy bee and trying to work all your passions and loves and whatnot into your life mm-hmm.
5: definitely it's definitely some coming of age themes um for sure um the first yeah the, the intro the um chrysalis and bad butterflies is definitely kind of um a rebirth it, i actually wrote it at the end like towards the end of a relationship but before the breakup point so it was kind of like interesting looking back and me like oh i kind of knew what was going on subconsciously um and i was I'm really like happy about how that song came out because I think the butterfly image is so powerful. Like I just, I love it. I think a lot of people can connect to the image of a butterfly where it has um, renewal and rebirth. But in this case, there's also the feeling of like getting butterflies in your stomach, like feeling excited and like jittery. That's kind of a common term we use. And I was feeling at the time, almost like the butterflies in my stomach, but in a bad way. So um, I just really like dug into the, that uh, imagery there and had a lot of fun playing around with the butterfly theme.
0: when you step back from a listener's perspective, like in my perspective, it was also about emerging from a pandemic emerging mm-hmm. from being a young, younger woman into being an older woman, which is the experience of breakup always gives you, you know, it, you yeah. grow through breakups. And I, that's why I saw this as a big, uh, as more of an emergence record, not necessarily from a, from a um breakup, but just where you are in your life.
5: That's really nice to hear your perspective um, on it, because as you say, I've just been so trapped in that world for the past year that I don't it's hard to know what other people are getting out of it. Um, and I definitely that that makes a lot of sense. I think there's Uh, A lot of the songs were like coming out of the pandemic and emerging back into the world, especially um, also the music and heart like the San Francisco song was really like coming out of hiding, like out of the pandemic and falling in love with the city again because all these things were happening. I was just like so inspired by the communities that were coming out of like a shared hardship. Um, and also, I was feeling very frustrated about like a lot of things too. So it was, yeah, I'm, it's nice to hear your your
2: perspective on it. Well the evening, crowd.
0: the the album um, mixes a lot of different instruments but not so much as they take over the sound and what I was thinking about is that the complexity of the sonics mirrored the complexity of the time we're living in now and the time somebody in their 20s is dealing with now because you're you know the universe keeps throwing your generation your your age group so many curveballs that has made life way more complex than it has been in the past and i thought the sonics mirrored that
5: wow that's really nice to hear um i that's really cool because that was definitely intentional um i think a lot of it um well not so explicitly intentional with the like the age I guess um, I guess I'm, what I'm trying to say is I had a lot of intentions with the sounds, trying to mirror the lyrical content, and probably by default, some of the like just the world that we're living in um, uh, probably slipped in there too. <laughs> um, so yeah, I definitely I'm um, I have like a really big love for soundscapes and just playing with interesting sounds. a really big love for soundscapes and just playing with interesting sounds and also just like really uh classic song structure and i did um some audio engineering in college so i the recording was really fun because we got to play around with a lot of different sounds um and also had um adam wilson who's also in a bunch of other bands Uh, San Francisco legend. He uh, is also really talented with uh, working synthesizers. So he helped out with creating some of those soundscapes.
0: Are most of the people that you worked with on this album um, from the city?
5: Yeah, everybody is. And um, actually like Fabrizio and well, Fabrizio has been here since high school. So he's, pretty much from the city, but he moved, he moved here for high school, but Fabrizio and Adam were both in this band called Clumsy in, um, that was happening in like 2014 through 2016. And they they were, that was a band when they were in high school. And that's how I first started learning about the music community in San Francisco was kind of through their band, which they were also in Matthew Horton who now plays guitar for Carolyn Polacek.
0: Wow. <laughs>
5: yeah. So that they're quite a trio. And then um, the uh, other person in my band, Maria Donjucor, she's uh Front's Med School, who I think you talked to her. And um, she's great and she's my roommate. And we are also in Secret, another band called Secret Secret together. And she's lived here her whole life as well. Um, so I've just known the people in my band for a really long time and have a really like very solid friendship and
2: connection with them.
0: Coming out of the pandemic, I'm feeling such a rich revitalization in the music scene. And I wondered if you, as an artist, what your perspective is on that.
5: Okay, interesting. Yeah, so I definitely hear that a lot. Like what I've definitely throughout my the last 10 years, I've heard people say like, oh, the music scene's dead, the art scene's dead. Like but I never felt that was true because I felt like I always found like-minded people who were making music and um, I think, I do think it, the last six months to a year coming out of the pandemic has been an explosion um, of all sorts of scenes of music um, and that's been really beautiful to see, but I definitely, I definitely get a little bit bummed out when people were saying like the scene's dead because I think it's always there you just don't know where like some people just aren't looking for it maybe Um, but right now I definitely think it's very like very vibrant
0: well and I also think it's vibrant because of younger bands like all the ones you're involved with have like completely embraced the scene and are driving it now instead of the old heads who were the ones bitching (laughs) and moaning about Uh about how dead the scene was and it's not like it used to be well nothing's like it used to be i mean Mm -hmm. that's what life is about (laughs) totally totally (laughs) so yeah it's it's great to see as you said the explosion and i think the explosion is coming from it's a youth explosion i think it's awesome Mm mm-hmm
5: Totally, I definitely see that. I also um, recently have been feeling like it's so cool that music is so intergenerational because I've definitely become friends with a lot of people who are like, you know, not in their 20s or indifferent in or maybe they're just, yeah, I've just made connections with people of all ages through music and art. And I do think it is like this explosion has been very, very youth, like yeah, people who are turning 21 in the pandemic now get to go to bars and get and that's like a big gatekeeping thing for trying to play music is like there aren't that many all age spaces. So I think everyone who turned 21 in the pandemic now gets to go enjoy music.
0: (laughs) Totally, totally. Um, how, how was your pandemic? What did you do during your pandemic? Did you? Were you writing a lot?
5: Yeah, I was writing a lot. Uh, definitely, I actually wrote like two. So, the first um, album or like the first release that I did as a as Marika Christine um, called Puzzle World. It's uh, eight songs. I kind of between an EP and an album. Um, I wrote well. I it was a collection of songs I had sitting around for a really long time. But I got to record that during the pandemic, and then. Um, after that I wrote all of my new record pretty much um, and I honestly, there were moments where it was really scary um, I think the very beginning of the pandemic was really hard um, um, but I also found some moments of of like, some beautiful moments of stillness that I'm kind of missing now actually, I think with the explosion of music and art, it's I've been almost like too busy. (laughs) And I remember during the pandemic, it was, I settled into nice routines of like going on walks by myself every day. I was still fortunate enough to be working. I was working in person um, at a cafe. So there were some gripes there. Um, But yeah, I, it's, it's interesting because it was like not that long ago it was very in our recent history but it suddenly feels so different than like a year and a half ago
0: you kind of address some of that in strange times
5: totally that's yeah totally exactly nailed
2: it <laughs> yeah. strange
5: like I'm mid-20s now, turning 26 this year, is kind of a there's always a perpetual like what am I trying to do with my life? What do I want for myself? Like am I gonna be a barista forever? Um, And that's kind of the always has been on my mind since like you're since I was a teenager you know there's this huge societal pressure on everybody to be like what are you doing (laughs) with your life like what is your career? And only in the recent, like, very, very recent, like, few months to a year have I been really thinking, like, oh, maybe I can actually, it's maybe it's okay to, to really embrace music as what I'm doing and have this be my career. Um, and it's okay if that's not what pays the bills. Softlake and Apricot are very very precious to me and I do want like I'm excited for them to be out there and to be heard so I'm trying to take a lot of care with the release process so that means like you know doing all the like three music videos and uh, getting press photos and working with a graphic designer and doing all the Instagram stuff and making merch and it's just so much that goes into it that's not actually writing the song um that has been kind of taking over my my brain space for the last like four or five months um luckily like some of it's fun like i i for the music and heart video i i did that one all by myself and like had a lot of fun with that and i also really like working with the visual artists I've been working with it's been really fun to make it collaborative Um, and it feels like nice to include my friends and work with my friends in the city on art
0: the past year or so you've been playing show after show after show and I guess that's kind of a a, a uh, post, pan- not post pandemic, but a pandemic emergence thing where everybody just started playing a ton of shows, but you were traveling with Space Moth, you were doing this, you're doing med school, uh, it's uh, its a lot.
5: It's definitely a lot. It's all been really amazing experiences I'm very grateful for. Um, each band I'm in fills a very different creative role for me. and. That's why, I like, sometimes when I'm feeling really stressed or overwhelmed, I'm like, I can't let go of any of this because it's all amazing and it's so fun.
0: <laughs> and to kind of bring it all around and put a peg in the whole interview, this is like, it, this really is kind of your coming out, coming of age project in many different ways. New tour, you're doing, you know, all the um, promo and whatnot for the record yourself, and. You know, it's all you, and and uh, you should be pretty proud of yourself on what you've accomplished.
5: Thank you, thank you. I am, and actually, I definitely, I really want to mention. I totally forgot earlier, but um, Andrew Vasco of uh, Ghost Mountain Records has been. Insanely helpful with this whole process. Actually, he um, is a record label based in Seattle and he's like mostly a physical label, so he does cassettes, um, primarily cassettes. And then uh, I'm this, my record is going to be his second vinyl release. um, And he's been just so so helpful guiding the whole thing and keeping me on a timeline. And like, you know, he'll he's responds right away anytime I have a question. Um, and so even though he's not, uh, he's not any, we don't have like a digital distribution deal. Um, he's been like just so great <laughs> helping me with all of this. Cause I, I would not have been able to do it all by myself.
0: <laughs> Was it a pretty big learning curve? You've been on a big learning curve in the past year.
5: Yeah, I've been learning a lot. I've been learning so much. Definitely.
0: <laughs> well, I can't wait to hear the next one. With all this experience you're garnering here, can't, can't wait for the next one.
5: Thank you so much. Thanks. It was really nice talking to
0: you. It was a pleasure, Marika. I, and again, thanks for you know carving me carving me out some time today. It was it was fantastic. I oh, just yeah. Really look forward to seeing uh, you in the sh- in the show uh, in the show scene and elsewhere.
5: Thank you. It was really, really nice. Thanks for having me on the show. It was really nice. Really nice talking to you. It was cool to hear all your perspectives on the music,
0: too. My pleasure. Thank you for the music.
2: <laughs> With you, there's no ending. Only passing of time. You're so familiar.
0: closing track off the new LP, Soft Like an Apricot, from Marika Christine. Thanks so much to Marika for taking the time to chat. You can find her album right now on all the streaming services, but remember, support the local music scene and buy it. I still have a little time left, so I'm going to play a new recently released song from friend of the show and former guest artist Andrew St. James, who's working on a new project with Duncan Nelson and Cody Rhodes for their band, Fast Times. This is their new single, "Born to Lose." Sitting around on
2: Sunday afternoon, let the wheels spin, cause nothing's on to. The tube. And making out with someone else's man, well, fuck the man, cause he don't understand. Shut out the lights. What you got?
0: does it for this special best of west of twin peaks radio i won't be back with a brand new episode until september 24th when my guest artist will be san francisco's james Beasley, who's releasing a new album on september 1st called junk values i'm leaving you today with some recent music from jim which i'm assuming will be on the new lp this is dark horse dreams see you in september until then be well be kind peace
2: Falling stars come and go, heaven's hall up in slow blackout days and dark horse dreams, at the corner of the street.